Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. That's right. Two weeks in a row we're back. How y'all doing? I'm Logan. I'm Jake. Welcome back to the Logan and Jake Take. And it's a very special episode indeed. Uh, Logan, this is our 50th episode of the podcast. Yes, yes. Yes. Woo! Yes. Uh, If um, we could figure out sound effects, I'd be lying. (laughs) (laughs) We've not advanced that far in our 50 episodes. (laughs) Maybe for the 100th. Um, I won't lie, it's because it's the 50th episode that I was like, you know what? I'm going to break my rule and I'm going to sing some copyrighted music. <laughs> uh, so, 50th episode. Um, honestly, I am proud of us. It's a it's a decent milestone to hit for podcasting. Especially, like, podcasting where you're not getting paid and you're independently producing it. Uh, 50 episodes. Uh, it takes a lot to bring the quality entertainment that we try to provide for everyone. Uh, and we want to thank our supporters, our listeners, our subscribers, our monthly supporters who have graciously donated um, not only their time of listening, but also their money. Uh, you yeah. can actually subscribe to the podcast. Uh, for those of you who may not know, you can absolutely do that at, for as low as 99 cents a month. Um, or if you feel uh, led to donate more, you can do four ninety nine or nine ninety nine a month. There's always a link in our show notes. So. Thank you for everyone who has chosen to do that. But 50 episodes, Logan. Just just going throw throwing this out there, right? Back to the donation thing. If you wanted to, if you wanted to donate $4.99, which is basically $5 a month, if, if you're thinking to yourself, I can't really spare that extra $5 a month, just think of it this way. Honestly, you're only giving us 16 cents a day. 16 cents a day. Ah, to what? <laughs> uh, okay. My wife's in the background going, two sodas. But yeah, 16 cents a day to provide you with quality entertainment. Hey, you can't beat that. And then, then, if you're like, I can't do the five, but maybe I can do the 99 cents a day. One dollar divided by 30 days. It's like, it's like... Point zero three three cents. You've got that laying in your car right now. Just saying. I've got point zero zero three cents probably laying in my bank account. You so. too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no. In all seriousness, everybody that has helped us along the way, whether that be uh, financial uh, assistance, equipment assistance. Or just listen to us every time we drop yeah, a new just, episode. I, we really do appreciate it. Just trying to like people who have motivated us, people who have given us advice, people who have given us pointers. I know uh, our friend Cameron Gladwell is a listener. Cameron, yes. Cameron, thank you. I don't know if you still listen, but you have listened. Big Cam. Uh, I want to thank our friend Hunter Dotson, who has been a great supporter of the podcast. Um, my lovely wife, Savannah Sapp, has been a wonderful supporter of the podcast since day one. My friend Hunter Christian has been a supporter of this podcast since day one. Has listened to almost all the episodes, I believe. Um, uh, Kit Holmes has been a great supporter of our podcast. Hello, Kit. We hope you're doing well. 
um, Brad and Colleen Fowler, um, Lindsay Fowler, Autotempo Thomas, who, as you know, has been our guest on multiple occasions. Whitley Fowler. Uh, Whitley Fowler. Um, uh, my nephew, Aaron Miller, who was a guest. I want to thank him. Uh, we hope to have him him on again at some point. Also, um, there, there have just been so many people uh, that, that contributed in some way or... Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, thank Billy Stylings, the spa guy from YouTube, the uh, the uh, YouTube historian who specializes in uh, Elvis, uh, and um, uh, his friend and partner from Globetrotting with Trey on YouTube, um, Trey Miller. Those are great guys. They've actually started their own podcast now. It's called uh, Wishing Scatter Was a Monkey, and it's uh, it's really fun. They tell you true history. Um, about different celebrity figures, and they sort of dispel common historical myths with hard facts uh, that they have actually done the research for themselves. So, uh, Wishing Scatter was a monkey that's uh, available on all podcasting platforms. So, thank you guys. Thank you to everyone else. Um, uh, Corey Eccles, uh, our great friend Corey, who, has, who was a guest back in uh, September or October, I believe, um, so a lot of people who have supported us along the way, uh, constant listeners, we definitely think, um, we're very, we're very proud to, uh, to have held your attention this far. Please stick with us because so much more is coming. Uh, and if you hate our show, but you hate listen, so much more is coming for you as well. Thank you to you also. I, uh, okay. so um, your haters are sometimes your biggest motivator, so thank you. Logan, uh, before we get into the the meat and mead of the episode, as it were... I really thought you were going to say meat and potatoes, but okay. Um, how has your week been? Uh, you know, it's good. It's good. I'm enjoying... Uh, what is this? Mid-winter break? Winter break? Yeah. There's one of them. I'm enjoying it. It's, you know, it's going sweet. I've been doing nothing but uh, playing that sweet, sweet Hogwarts Legacy. Sounds like a wondrous game I'd love to play. It is. Uh, do? Okay, so you would you and Savannah asked me this uh, the other day. If it was on the previous gen consoles of PS4 and all that. It will be, but it's not yet. It, there, it's a like, it's a staggered release schedule. Like a month from now. It'll be yeah, out. probably like April or May sometime. But hey, when it comes out, get it. Get sorted into your house. I thought about just throwing caution to the wind and buying a PS5. Do it. Uh, cannot spend it now. Wish. Make more later. Cannot justify that one. We're saving for a house. But I thought about look, it. Look, you can look. There will always be houses that are around, right? Houses will always exist. But that sweet, sweet satisfaction <laughs> of going to Olivander's. And, and the wand choosing you. And then... I mean, you could do it on the PlayStation 4, but it's not the same. It's not going to run as smoothly. It's not going to look as crisp. But no, in all seriousness, do you. Do whatever y'all decide to do. It's all good. The game will be around. It's fun. I just I just got a broom like a little while ago. got an upgrade for it. It goes hella fast. Uh, I've teamed up with a goblin. I'm involved in all kinds of magical shit going on. Um, Had the game of Quidditch been invented at that point in the... Uh... It has, but the headmaster of the school won uh, 
I forget his name. It's 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 a headmaster we know though. It's the it's the fucking ancestor of Sirius Black. Ah, okay. Fit, uh, whatever his name is, Black. He's the headmaster at the time. He suspended the Quidditch season because some kids got hurt on a broomstick. Eh, whatever, Weakness. asshole. Um, I, I, as you know, your boy is in Slytherin, doing my thing. Uh, the gr- oh, I found the Hogwarts kitchens. Uh, just earlier today, went around there, just eating all the food, drinking all the drinks. There were house elves working away. Some people might say slaving away. I'm not going to say that. They, they're happy to be there. Um, <laughs> uh, but one of the house elves was tenderizing a steak. He was using his grubby-ass feet to tenderize it. Ooh. But you know, whatever. Um, I've been learning all kinds of spells. Uh, I've got the classics with Godjum Leviosa, Alohomora, Expelliarmus, which is the spell that my boy Harry Potter used to vanquish Lord Voldemort's. Um, uh, uh, just a bunch of just a bunch. Of, I don't like the way that I have to learn the spells because I have to go on a bunch of various different quests, and a lot of these quests I have to buy shit that I don't already have, and shit's expensive in the world of Harry Potter, man. It's hella expensive. But all that to say, it's a wonderful game. Uh, I can't put it down. I'm glad I don't have to work for a week because this is all I'm going to be doing for the most part. But uh, yeah, if you haven't gotten it, I see it. If you're a fan of Harry Potter, get the game. Get the game. Controversy be damned. Get the game. Don't let anybody tell you what you can or can't play. Nice. Get the game. Play it. So, Logan, uh, for episode 50, a very special episode, what uh, will our primary focus and topics of discussion be? First up, feel like we can just go down memory lane and talk about some of the, the fun times we've had on this podcast. Um, not gonna lie to you, my memory's shoddy. So well, for probably, me it'll be like it'll be like living this all over again, honestly. Probably hilariously misremember. Probably. Um, <laughs> and uh, people will be like, How do you not remember this? You recorded it. Guys, guys. Once I talk about it, it leaves my brain. Okay? It just leaves my brain. It's just out there. Okay, Don't judge me. Uh, and then uh, we've, we have been watching HBO's just absolutely tremendous The Last of Us uh, adaptation. Yes. Are um, you caught up? Yes. Okay. So we'll be able to talk about the first six, six episodes. Uh, I also figured that I might say a few spoiler-free words about season four, part one of You. On Netflix as well. No spoilers. I haven't watched it just yet, but I can't wait to see what your, what your boy Joe been up to. Joe, with a few exceptions, could have possibly been my boy this season. He could have been my boy. Because he tries so hard Look, to not be he, what he was. He could have been my boy up until the end of season three, where he killed the fictional love of my life, love. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Brush, you were problematic. Everyone's problematic, okay? Everybody. Have you ever met a non-problematic person ever in your life who didn't have a, t- a twinge of problematicness about them? <laughs> exactly. He killed her because he was weak and he couldn't deal with the strong woman she was. Maybe he should have stopped, be- stopped being out here uh, just getting infatuated with all kinds of different women's and whatnot. The- his neighbor... He, he was infatuated with her, took her unmentionables and put him put him in a box in the house. Ridiculous. The librarian 
he slept with her. And, I mean, it's not his fault that librarian was fine. But, I mean, you a married man with a child, Joseph. Get it together. Get it together. I'm just saying. I'm still angry. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you you season four part one. They actually did the Stranger Things thing where they split the, the episodes. Um, the first five uh, premiered a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Uh, it's different. It's set in Europe. Um, it it's still got that oddball sense of humor. Um, Do they explain how he faked his teaching credentials to teach at a college? I think in a throwaway line, mm. they kind of address it, but not, like, in a satisfactory way. Um, they definitely, um, the first five episodes are wacky. Uh, there's, of course, a new love interest. Um, the show has definitely jumped the shark, and I was telling my wife, I don't think it can keep going for that much longer, really. But, uh, I do, it's still entertaining, and the second half... Uh, premieres March 9th, the other five episodes. So uh, if you like you, definitely go check out those first five episodes. And if you don't want to have to wait, just wait until March 9th when the other five drop and watch it all at once. Um, or if you're some, you know, you just pace it out, watch maybe one a week and that'll take you on to March 9th. Um, so yeah, you season four, decent. All right, Logan, before we... Uh, reminisce and go down memory lane you have any hot takes or quick takes no I don't but it is the return of everybody's new favorite bit I'm still trying to think of a name of it uh, for now we're just going to call it murder mystery hour even though it's not going to take an hour and at some point, we're going to have some fancy music to go along with this. Hunter, get on the fancy music, please. Thank you. Uh, so, <clears throat> I solved the case last week. We'll you see did. how I do this you time. You did. I'm proud of you. Let's see here. All right. <clears throat> I'm wearing a Clue shirt, so this is very apropos. It's true. And you were the detective in that I show. I was the detective. Who figured it out? Who also was responsible for my death. Thank you for that. You dropped it. You dropped the lead pipe, my dude. I did the best I could. <laughs> a man was found dead with a cassette recorder in one hand and a gun in the other. When the police came in, they immediately pressed the play button on the cassette. He said, I have nothing else to live for. I can't go on. <clears throat> then the sound of a gunshot. After listening to the cassette tape... The police knew it was not a suicide. How did they know? Well, if that tape started over from the beginning, who the F rewound the tape if he killed himself? My man. And it's a picture of the dude from Twin Peaks underneath it. Ah! All right. But yeah. Great Kyle McLaughlin, who we thought was in My Best Friend's Wedding in the last episode. Indeed. Indeed. <clears throat> Hello, cat. The cat just leaped up onto my chair. I mean, I guess the cat's thinking it's going to be a co-host now, but it's, hey, Elvis. Not, it's not. Say hello to everyone, Elvis. Or leave. Untrustworthy feline beast. <laughs> I don't trust yes, cats. Um, Alright, so uh, how do you want to do this? How do you want to take the trip down memory lane? I mean, I guess we can just talk about some of our... 
Leave me alone, cat. I guess we can just talk about some of our favorite moments. Uh, oh, hello. Uh, do you have... Okay, so let's start this way. Do you have a least favorite episode of the podcast? One that, like, um, you wish we had had more information or you felt like we were crunched for time and had to do a half-hearted version of what we wanted to do? Uh, or maybe one where we had technical errors and we had to redo the podcast and we know that what we did originally was better than the product we produced. I mean, dude, there's like at least five of them. Want to peel back the curtain? The problem is, I don't remember which ones they no, were. <laughs> let the people know it, some I, of the studio troubles we had. Honestly, like, though, some of the first couple of episodes, we had to record like multiple versions of it. And I just can't think of like well I, I don't remember which episodes they are but I do know oh god there was one episode I think very early on where we recorded each segment multiple times and no matter what we did there was just no audio file at the end of it so we had to record it again and by the time we got to like the end of it it was two days later because I had to leave because I had to be at work at like eight o'clock the next morning and it was already two o'clock that that like it was two o'clock in the morning and we still didn't have a finished product. So by the end of it I was just like, We can do this later. Uh I'm tired. I've got a forty five minute drive back home and I just I'm not nah. I don't remember which episode it was. But I do remember by the time that episode came out, I was kind of just like, I don't care. Uh, this is the episode y'all get, and it's not the one we wanted to give you. It's what you don't get. It's one of those things where, like, for people that don't podcast or don't record the conversations they have with other people, like, for, like, this type of thing, whether it be for a podcast or a YouTube channel, you put, even if it doesn't seem like you do when people are listening because it just seems like, oh, they're just having, like, a naturally flowing conversation, you put a lot of energy into each segment and each conversation. So when it doesn't, the recording doesn't save, it's very difficult to muster up the same level of enthusiasm to have the exact same conversation over again. And even if you find like new things to talk about, you're kind of like, I don't care though because I've already had this conversation. And it's nowhere near as good. The jokes are going to fall flat because it's... Because now they're not spontaneous. Exactly. They're just like, I'm working from memory. Exactly. And yeah. it's like I'm trying to act like I did ten minutes ago and I'm trying to force the humor. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I don't remember which ones that happened to, but I do recall it happening. Mm -hmm. And I know that there were several where we had really good discussions about movies and then we found out that we just... Uh, all of our insights were just <laughs> lost um i would say like my least favorite would be whichever one that is where we had to keep recording it um but there were a few episodes like i feel like the one where we reviewed the eternals uh yeah. i was not feeling well that day and i just feel like i've listened to it maybe once mm -hmm. since we recorded it and i think we talked about dunes too or Dune. <laughs> Dune. We're talking about Dune. And I and I just feel like we kind of shortchanged that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I also... Well, I, okay, so I'm not a fan of that one either. And it's because 
I liked the fact that I didn't know anything about Dune going into the movie and I could just watch it as a fan. It makes talking about it difficult, though, because I don't know what's coming down the pipeline and I'm mispronouncing a bunch of names of shit. Like, I call it the Benny Jesserit, the Benai Gesserit, yeah. which our buddy Bryce was like, that made me want to kill myself. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Bryce. I don't know who these people are. I don't know what the big deal about Paul Atreides is. Because to me, watching the first movie, and what I'm about to say, I want people to realize I love that first movie. I can't wait for Dune's Chapter 2 to come out. But... It's funny because it's literally just the story of Space Jesus going to a planet... To meet Space Elvis. To meet... Yeah. And, like, it's funny because, like, it's just, like, white Space Jesus going to colonize a planet and he's allergic to the spices on it. That's all that happens. He's allergic to spice and it gives him funky-ass visions of the future. That's the majority of that movie. And I like that movie, but I'm like, it's, it's kind of goofy. And none of the shit that I wanted to see actually happens in that movie. Yeah. But another, ep- I, it's a good episode, but I don't like it just because I couldn't be on it and I had, like, I had to work. So I missed the episode where you got to interview the other LARPers from Hawkeye. Yeah. And I really, <laughs> I really want us to get them back on here so that I can actually talk to them. Because yeah. they, like, they seem like very interesting and cool people. And I follow some of them on Instagram now, and I think they follow me back. So, I mean, it's cool. They're uh, good people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also feel like we need to get all the tempo back on so we can talk about, uh, what was the newest movie she was in? The one with Jonathan Devotions. Majors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Jonathan Majors was in that. Um. I also uh, would like to get. Why you can get us an interview with Jonathan? uh, Rob Walker Broncho. um, Hopefully, I did not butcher his name. Hopefully, that is really his name. He was one of the LARPers as well. He's the he is the one like who who uh, he was really cool. But he's the one who in Hawkeye uttered the uh, improvised the the classic line. uh, You know, we're basically Avengers now. Uh, Which Ant Man then used when uh, fucking Modok was like, at least I got to die in Avengers. Yeah. Like, no, you didn't. Um, <laughs> that needs to be a running theme. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a legacy for Rob? But that's where they came, it came from. But he um, was in um, Tulsa King. Mm, nice. Uh, which was an excellent Sylvester Stallone show for Paramount Plus. Uh, it was written by, created by Taylor Sheridan, who created uh, Yellowstone and all of its excellent spinoffs. Um, so yeah, it would be cool to talk to them again. That was definitely one of the better episodes, I think. Uh, I enjoyed our episode on the Batman, but to pull the curtain back, we saw that movie on what, like a Tuesday? Yeah, like late. At and night. we didn't get to record it until that. Friday or Saturday. So right. I was trying to remember most of the movie. I wish that we had gotten to record that that night. Yes. Like, so we gave it like our first, like, like a fresh a, instant take. Yeah, instead deal. of like trying to, like, no, that's another movie. I love that movie. It's a long movie. And when you're watching, because the, the movie started, what, 8 o'clock? Yeah. We didn't get out of there until around 11-ish. Yeah. So it, and then we saw it at Atlantic Station, which is about, what, like an hour away from... It's like, an, like what, 30, 45 minutes from where you live. Mm-hmm. But then I had to drive all the way back to Griffin, so it's like a whole like 
hour, and I'm just like, by the time I got home, I was like, I was tired. And then when we finally got to talk about it, I there were, I know there are certain plot points that I just didn't remember that I wish I had, but you know, it's the I, nature of the beast. I think one of my favorites is the the like over three hour episode about all of the live action DC movies that had ever oh, been produced. Oh, that was a good one. I enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. And it's like one of those where... Uh, I feel like that was I'm, one of those episodes that was really just for us. And it was, but like I'm so glad we did it because it's like it was just an, a chance for us to do one of our favorite things ever, which is just talk about DC characters and DC comics and mm-hmm. DC movies. And um, I'm, I'm really glad that that happened. Um... My favorite segment, though, I think, was, or it might have been my favorite episode, it's up there, is the one we did with Hunter, where we tried to, to create our own teams to fight uh, an intergalactic threat. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I also feel like that episode was kind of just for us. Like, I feel like wars or whatever most of the people it. that listened to that were just like, what the fuck is this going, what are they going on about? Uh, well, I hope that some of the nerds who listen, who, or, who are our friends, who happen to listen to this uh if you haven't listened to it go back and listen to those episodes where we spend like three out three and a half hours on bat all every live action dc movie go back back and and look at the analytics on that and see if it did well because if it did we're just gonna do it again the crossover wars you know um my interview with spy guy and trey um this was another one you weren't able to do Mm -hmm. um is our highest uh, I think listen to episode, and I know they have like their um, followers that they have, of course, their fan base that were listening because they were sharing the episode. Uh, but we got lots of traction on all of the, the Elvis it's series Elvis special number three, and it is indeed our highest listened to episode. The Elvis series that we did, we we actually got a lot of good feedback on all of those, mm-hmm. and I did actually have a few more lined up. That never materialized, so uh, I, I I guess I would say there's some regret there because I think Elvis Special 4 was going to be really cool because mm-hmm. I was going to be talking to author Sally Hodel who wrote the excellent book Elvis Destined to Die Young about um, Elvis's health problems. It's sort of the untold story about why he took prescription drugs. If, if the movie wins an Oscar, you should just interview her. Then uh, she Yeah, she told me that... She would. She was at the time. She was writing another book, uh, and she was uh, wanting to wait until that book was released. And that book came out a few months ago. Okay. And it's about um, one of the co-pilots of Elvis's plane, Lisa Marie, uh, who flew Elvis around every year during the last two years of his life. Um, and I think if I were to reach out to her, she might be willing to come on and talk about both books. So that's something. Um, I, I might do if if the movie does rack up at the Oscars, which we didn't. It's an episode that we didn't do, but I kind of wish we had. I wish that when we were in Memphis for your bachelor party, we had done an episode live from Graceland. That would have been really cool. It would have been really cool. Or even if like we had done an episode with uh, the guys at... Uh, just back at the gates, the, the guest house hotel. Yeah. Uh, if we hadn't been so tired that night, if we just—I feel like if we had been the there trip a few was more too days, quick. yeah, we we left. What was it? 
Saturday, Saturday morning we and came we back came back Sunday, Sunday. afternoon. Yeah. It, the trip was really too quick as far as like being able to take it all in. I definitely, I've been saying since we left that I'd like to go back and spend a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would like to go back and spend a couple of days primarily because when you pay for those tours, you get to go back as many times as you want. So you could go back through the tour at your own pace a couple of times, go back through the house, go back through the yeah. meditation garden and stuff. And I really, uh, especially, you know, obviously sad news last month with the passing of Lisa Marie Presley. I really would like to uh, pay my respects to her as well now. Um, uh, and there's we, we had a good time, but I would definitely be willing to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe we could um, get a, a larger group and like just have fun, go, like, see some other things. We, we passed by... Staying at a much cheaper hotel. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and probably not even in Memphis, you know, go stay somewhere else. Yeah. And we go to the places we want to see in Memphis, you know, but we don't stay there. Um, Get some better barbecue this time. We should have gone to Marlowe's. Yeah. And I'm sure that if I spoke to Sally Hodel, she would, she would, she would definitely, uh, get on my case about that, about how I should have gone to Marlowe's. Um, that being so, said, though, like, just that, it makes me want to, because I, because I mentioned this to you, like, over the summer, I want to try to go to, like, some of the different states and stuff, like Philly being one yes. of them. I feel like if we can actually do that type of stuff, we need to do l- live, live episodes episode from those places. Because... We could do a Rocky episode in Philadelphia after we've walked up the steps because I'm not running up those steps because I don't have it in me right now. But like you know, just just see what that's all like, and I don't know, like and maybe like video record it and do all that stuff. So I feel like if I was able to run up those steps and not die, that would be almost a spiritual moment for me. Um. I, yeah, I definitely want to go to Philadelphia. Man, I want to go. I want to go to New York so bad. I was talking to my wife earlier, talking about how, you know, right now, off middle of the week, you fly like, if you don't fly Delta, if you fly like another liner that's not as, you know, famous, you can get up to New York for like forty or fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not that expensive. We could fly to New York, be there in two hours, have dinner in Manhattan. And then probably catch a late flight back and be back. Yeah. Would you be exhausted from doing that? Yes. Would it be worth it? Oh God! To yeah. just go to Manhattan like right now? Absolutely, it would. Honestly, like we should just. I feel like if we just had a little bit more disposable income and we didn't have rehearsal this week, we could do that. Because my thought had been like, what if we just went today? And came back tomorrow, or just went tomorrow and came back tomorrow night, like. Um, but yeah, yeah. There's, I thought about that. I would love to. I would love to just see Times Square again. It's been 15 years since I've been there. Yeah. Um, Washington D.C. Would love to see to see the museums like Smithsonian. I'd love to take my wife to some of those museums. Um, the Grand Canyon. There's 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 a lot of places around here, and that's just talking about America. Like, mm-hmm. man, I would love to travel, take the Logan and Jake Take International, man, London, Paris, 
Greece, Rome, the Vatican. I've I've been to the Vatican. It's a very um, nice place. Uh, I, I'd love to go to uh, Israel. I'd love to go to Egypt, Japan. God, there's so many great places we could go. Um, so I hold out hope. Italy, just real Spain. quick, real quick, right? If hold on, let me let me fix something. If like say middle of March, March twenty first, it couldn't be a same day thing. We could we could fly to New York on March twenty first. 21st? 21st. 21st, On March 21st, this year, we could fly to New York on Tuesday, come back on a Wednesday, 48 bucks round trip. Yeah. We would be flying Spirit Airline. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like you know, Spirit has like $50 round trip tickets. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's the thing. It's the thing is like people don't realize, like as we go on our tangent about travel, but this is good advice. A lot of people don't realize if you fly like Spirit or one of the other like um, like discount, they're not maybe as nice, but like they're still safe. You know what well, I mean? Well, that's like, what Whitley was saying because our, our friend Whitley Fowler, friend of the podcast, uh, and I guess technically my coworker now, um, she's in. It's it's our it's our winter break. She's in Austria at it, the moment. If you fly uh, middle of the week when you're on a break like that, you take a few days off middle of the week. So much cheaper to mm-hmm. travel. And New York, going back to traveling to New York, New York is about an hour and 45 minute flight, I believe. Like, uh, so we could catch a flight at 7. Two hours and two hours and some change. Yeah. yeah. You could catch a flight at like 7 o'clock and be in New York by 9 o'clock. Yeah. And you know what I mean? So like The one left, I was looking at, leave at 12.45, you're there by 2.57. If you left in the morning at like six o'clock, you could be in New York by like eight. You could spend a whole day, right? Like in New York and then catch a flight home around six or seven o'clock at night, still get home in time at a decent hour. Mm-hmm. So and pretty much all you need is somebody who's willing to pick you up from the airport. That's yep. about it. Cause I don't think the Uber drivers like going to the airport. Right. Which I don't blame them. I don't like, like going I don't to like the picking airport. people up from the airport either, but you know. I've well, see, it. that's my thing, right? Okay, and we're, we're going off on a tangent. Um, as far as picking people up and dropping them off at the airport, we're adults now. Take a taxi. Take a taxi. taxi. Or drive yourself. <laughs> Stop asking me to help you go I to would, the airport. I would prefer to just drive myself, honestly. Yes. Honestly, I'd prefer to just drive myself up there. Pay for the, like, parking pass for how long you're going to be there. Because if you're only going to be there a day or two, it's not a big a deal. Um, but yeah, so, uh, what are some other moments or bits that you remember from, I remember your the first Halloween episode that we did the podcast the Halloween from the, horror. N- not that one, the one that we had, the one that we recorded during the Halloween. Oh, party. during the party. So like that all of our one. friends are on it. <laughs> that one. It was fun. I feel like it was a hot mess. It was a hot mess. Because it was literally like... It was us just passing the... At the time, we didn't have any microphones, so we were just passing the phone around. Um, I wasn't super drunk, but a bunch of us had been drinking. It it, it was a fun episode. Quality-wise, probably not the best. I wouldn't... I haven't gone back to listen to that one. I have once. It was funny. Okay. It was funny. Not all of our friends are as... 
um, what's the like podcast version of being photogenic? Because you're not, it's not visual, like listenogenic, like audiogenic. But yeah, it, it was it was funny. Um, what about? Well, yeah, I've enjoyed our Halloween horror showdowns. Yes, although the what comes to mind for me when I think about one of the funniest bits was you getting so desperate and afraid of Francis Dollarhide. Bam! About he's terrified. When you were pretending to be um, uh, Freddie Lowndes, weeping for your <laughs> for your life. <laughs> like, please, that wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was Hannibal after Hannibal and Will Graham said you were an impotent cuckold. It's not my fault. <laughs> and he's just over to the side like, do you see? <laughs> Do you see? Witness my becoming. Man is in his underwear, <laughs> like a bathrobe. Behold the great red dragon. And no matter which way oh you toss it, it's God. either Lord Voldemort <laughs> or Thor and Oakenshield. It's going to be terrifying either way. I remember that, and honestly, I thought I was going to pass out because I could not breathe by the end of it because I was laughing so hard. That was definitely one of the uh, the funnier moments on the podcast. Remember oh the time we talked about Shrek and I said something about pissing boots instead of... Yes! <laughs> pissing That boots. was the... That was... And, and I'm confessing right now in episode 50, not planned. That was not a planned joke. Mm-mm. I really did accidentally say pissing boots. Honestly, most of the jokes we say are just very spur-of-the-moment ridiculous stuff that we come up with off the top of our heads. Uh, remember um, the the joke that we made in the very first episode about shooting for the moon, and even if you miss, you might hit Jeff Bezos? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I still think that needs to go on a t-shirt. t-shirt yeah. Um, um, also, like, and I know I've been saying this since, like, episode 15, the merchandise is coming, but... We know, actually have designs for we it. We got designs. Stuff, you know. The problem is, it's a very... It, it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. And it's not just finding the right design. It's finding the right material. Because you don't want to put a good design on a low-quality shirt. Because you wash it like three times and it's going to like dissolve and whatnot. And I want, I want when we release merchandise... Because people are going to be spending their money on it. I want it to be quality. Right. And I want it to be something that's going to hold up for a long period of time that people can, like, wear proudly outside. Because I plan on wearing it myself. Now, is it a little, what's the word I'm looking for, gauche to wear your own merchandise? Maybe. Maybe. But if I'm not going to wear it, who will? So it's coming. I promise you it's coming. The designs are going to be sweet. There's going to be a there's going to be a lot of stuff. We're going to have shirts, uh, beanies, if I can find good material, maybe some scarves and some hoodies, you know, and stickers. I, I hear the kids like stickers these days. <laughs> so to kind of, I guess, put a bow on this segment, um, just you know, thanking everyone again. But like, also, Logan, what, um, without tipping our whole hand at what we're doing next like what uh are some things that people can look forward to over the course of the next 50 episodes what are some new things we might have coming down the pike for the logan and jake take franchise not just podcast 
Um, so, I don't know if I told you this. I know I told Savannah. I've got a list of goals that I want to accomplish this year. Some of which have to do with the podcast. And come hell, excuse me, or high water. Which was it's a mediocre going- movie. Who was in that movie? Jeff Bridges and I believe Garrett Hutton. I didn't even watch that movie. Uh, but some of the some of the stuff you can look forward to this year. We're finally going to get the YouTube channel for the podcast started. Uh, yes. And that's going to happen because we are going to purchase some decent lighting and film equipment so yes. it can be high quality. You're going to be able uh, to see our lovely faces. We're going to find more sponsors for the podcast. It's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. huge. Um, new guests, new guests, uh, some returning guests. Yes. Also, and I'm looking into it, and this one will probably be the hardest one to do. I'm looking into us finding an affordable but decent studio so that the audio quality will always be the same. Yes. And, and we'll have a place to go. And hopefully that should make it a lot easier for us to like produce more episodes on a regularly scheduled basis. Right, because we, we have to basically borrow spaces right now and we yes. can't always have the same space. And you hear a lot of ambient noise because we don't always have access to the best chairs. You hear the chair squeaking, as a matter of fact, I'm sure. In our defense, these chairs are over a century old. Oh, that's true. Uh uh, we don't always have access to the things that we want in terms of being able to con- quality control as far as the sound environment. And while our podcasting has gotten more consistent, we have better equipment than when we started. Uh, we're a work in progress. So over the next 50 episodes, hopefully, uh, you're going to see uh, marked improvement. Uh, I really think, I'm going to predict right now that by the time we get to episode 100, um, it's going to be the origin story. We're going to be in a different... Yeah. And we're going to be in a totally different uh, place as far as being podcasters, as people. Because I know I'm in a much different place now than when I was when we started this endeavor way back in July of 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Um, I'm going to say that by, <clears throat> by the time we get to episode 150, 175, 200... This is going to be our full-time job. Absolutely. Putting that out there. Oh, uh, I I think I have... I don't know how much the price is, but I do think I found some place where we could actually have like a decent-sized studio. All we'd have to do, soundproof the walls, which is easy. So, when I I learn more, I'll tell you. But yeah, um, merchandise, studio... YouTube. Guests new and old. Guests new and old. uh, Spinoffs. Because yes. the Logan and Jake takeout is still happening. I've got the design for that ready to go. It's adorable. Um, it's I'm just, thinking that might be something that premieres in the summer. So Probably. it. So the whole thing with the Logan and Jake takeout experience. Oh yeah, I like that. Um, the places that we want to go eat requires a bit of travel sometimes. Because they're not... Local places, although there are some good local restaurants that I do think we should give a shout out to. 
But there's a lot of places that I want to go that are in like Atlanta or like Alpharetta and stuff like that. Then there are some places I'm like, we should just go to like a different state and try that stuff out. We, we need the free time that the summer affords us in order to do that. So that's probably going to be a seasonal type of thing. But uh, yeah. it's coming. It's coming. All right. Well, uh, you guys stick around. We're going to be back with a deep dive into the first six episodes of HBO Max's adaptation of The Last of Us. Uh, we're going to be back right after a word from our sponsors. Halls Cough Drops. The right halls for the right moment. The fuck? <laughs> More than a feeling When I hear that old song They used to play (laughs) (laughs) Oh, welcome back Uh, So HBO's adaptation Long-awaited adaptation, I might add Of The Last of Us Premiered about About Six weeks ago ago. And I gotta say Really, really digging it Oh, it premiered the same week that the five tornadoes hit Griffin. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was the only thing I had to look forward to. Um, so, I guess to start this discussion off, um, Logan, what, if any, history do you have with The Last of Us video game franchise series? Uh, I've played both. I thought the first one was an interesting take on zombies, and I enjoyed it. wasn't my favorite thing that came out that year. Uh, and if there had never been a sequel, I'd have just been like, all right, it's, it's cool. It was, it was a fun game. I remember the hype for the second one, and I was like, I mean, I don't really care, but I mean, I'll play it. I despise the second video game with every fiber of my being. And I'm not going to go into too much detail for the people who are listening to this that have not played it and don't know anything about it. But a certain character gets killed off. And you you play as the person that kills them so that you get their reasoning and their backstory and like why they're doing what they're doing. And you play about a good half of the game as that person. And then you switch back and control the other person who then goes to hunt them down and get revenge. That's fine. That that, That whole theme is cool. I think it's very interesting. My problem comes in where the game basically is like, oh, now that you understand why you've done this and it's towards the end of the game and it's time for you to exact your revenge, no, you can't exact your revenge because the game wants to tell you that revenge is bad and that you shouldn't seek revenge because all it does is lead to more vengeance. I know that. To seek revenge may lead to hell, but everyone does it though seldom as well. A Sweeney, a Sweeney Todd. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. um, And I'm like, you were so close to making a good game, but you didn't. Because I have a problem with a video game, or the, the creators of the game being like, the emotions you feel are wronged, and you shouldn't want to do this, which is why we are not going to let you kill this person. I'm like... 
then why the hell have I been playing this? Because as a human being, right, as a real-life person, I understand that wanting to kill somebody, even if they've wronged you, is wrong. However, in the video game world, morality doesn't fucking matter. And it really wouldn't matter once zombies have taken over the fucking planet and you're living in a post-apocalyptic world where people turn into fucking flesh-eating monsters. Let me kill this person because they killed somebody that I care about. But, bro, to quote another popular zombie series... Your mercy overcame your It didn't, though. It (laughs) didn't. Because guess what? My mercy wasn't overcome by my wrath in The Walking Dead. I'd have killed Negan. I'd have killed him. And in this one, let me kill this bitch. Please. I would have killed Negan, too, and it would have denied me the uh, spinoff I'm actually looking forward to. Fair. Fair. (laughs) Um, But, yeah. But that's Monday morning quarterbacking, so fuck it. I didn't know. And I'm just like, I don't... And, like, this whole... Because... If you watch the show, right, you they've got the creator who is an executive producer. I believe his name is Neil Druckmann. Yeah, something like that. Sure. He's dead to me. I don't care. Um, and then you've got the other executive creator of the show. And, like, every time they're doing the thing at the end of the episode where they're talking about the stuff that's happened, they're always just like... I've not watched can, any of those. They're actually very interesting. But, like, they'll do this thing where, like... Uh, Like, because they did it for the first episode, and they were like, Ellie sees Joel kill that guy for her, and you can see that, like, she likes it, and that's going to become problematic, and it's going to lead to nothing good happening. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Stop trying to tell me how I should feel. Because guess what? Guess what? When I watch these shows, I take myself out of the real world, and I put myself into that world. And guess what? In that world, yes, it's perfectly fine to kill somebody, especially when they're about to kill you. Hell, you could make the argument that it's perfectly fine to kill people in this world when they're trying to kill you. Because guess what? There's nothing wrong with trying to protect yourself from somebody murdering you. Freely flows the, the blood of those who moralize. Uh, so... Um, it's just a frustrating game, and I hate it. I hate the second one with every fiber of my being. So, my own recollections of these video games. I remember The Last of Us being very popular. I remember people playing it. Um, Interestingly enough, there's a lot of people out there who are quite vocal critics of the adaptation of the show who I don't recall being particularly big fans of the game. Um, who now act like they were. But The game came out ten years ago. um, I do recall the game being popular. Mm Mm-hmm. I do recall The Last of Us 2 coming out many years later, and I do recall everyone being mad about The Last of Us 2 because of uh, what happens in the game. Um, And I remember deciding I probably wouldn't play the first game as a result of that. Um, You know, I don't play video games very much, and if I was ever going to play The Last of Us, it probably would have hinged on whether The Last of Us 2 was as well-received, and of course it it was hated almost universally by uh, game players. Now, actually, I think it's a more even split. I think it's it's split well, right down the middle. I, there has been like a reappraisal of it because, like, at the time, I couldn't find anybody who was vocal about liking it. But like, it is true that in recent years, I've heard some people defend it. Um, 
I don't really have much of an intention of ever playing the game. I am not someone who cares about... I do not judge an adaptation based on the source material the way that some people do. Um, if it's something I've never seen, then my version of the story is the version I take in first. My version of these characters, my version of this story is the television show produced by HBO Max. Uh, or produced by HBO. It is not the video games. So I don't have any show reasons to be mad at the adaptation. Uh, or anything like that. And I don't have any preconceived notions. I do know what happens in the second game. Um, the showrunners have been contradictory about whether the second season is going to go in that direction or not. Um, they have said that it was going to follow the same plot. They've also said that they might there might be some uh, major swerves. So I uh, would think it would follow the same plot if they haven't gone out of their if they hadn't gone out of their way with these first six episodes to change a lot of the stuff that happened. I do think that so, there's been some significant deviations based on what I, I've researched the first game a little bit, um, and from what I understand, there are some pretty significant. Uh, uh, deviations and of course a lot of those things have served to tell a more compelling story mm -hmm. as so often occurred it happened with the walking dead a good bit it happened uh you know from the comics uh there were some changes to the game of thrones series that actually uh served to make the story more interesting uh it, it always happens there's always a few things that you wish they'd left alone from the source material and a few things that uh, you were hoping to see adapted, and you didn't see it adapted because they changed things. Mm -hmm. But um, from what I understand, uh, there are people that are not happy. Um, and to them, I say just play the game and just don't worry about the TV show. Um, there's no need to, to crap all over the people who are enjoying the TV show. It is, it is, it is a remarkably well-acted, well-shot, well-produced show. Um it's one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. You're not going to change anyone's mind about how well done the show is. Because the show is well done, whether you like it or not. Um, so to dive into it a little bit, we've had six episodes of what I believe are going to be nine for the first season. Yes. Um, I don't want to go like super duper hardcore spoilery on everything that has happened or anything, but... Just spoiler alert, because we might spoil things. Um, we're not going to, like, muzzle ourselves. Um, so, spoiler alert, if you've not watched all six episodes and you were planning to, you know, just kind of dip out when we start talking about thing, episodes you haven't seen. But uh, I thought this show... Um, we have now had six episodes. Mm -hmm. The first season of The Walking Dead was six episodes. So I can now compare the whole first season of Walking Dead... To the first six episodes of Last of Us. Uh, the reason I bring up that comparison is because to me it's unavoidable. I think genre television, in particular zombies, uh, as far as being taken seriously, owes a, a, a debt to um, the Walking Dead franchise. And the first season of The Walking Dead was critically acclaimed. Well produced, well acted, creepy, sad. Um, it reminded me a lot of 
some of the themes we're seeing in The Last of Us. And uh, the rest of the show, maybe not so much. The Walking Dead kind of quickly went off the rails after a few years. But uh, for me, it's been really nice to remember how I felt in the early days. Like, to see characters who are, uh, like in the, in the opening episode, like to see the characters not understand uh, what was about to happen, but you knew that dramatic tension created from that irony was really great. Mm -hmm. uh, the way they layered in um, the hints about what was causing the outbreak uh, was just masterful. All that yeah. stuff about like they didn't have the flour for the birthday cake, and the neighbors were eating the biscuits, and they weren't going to eat the biscuits, and like it's like you could tell like okay something's going on with the flour, like you know something's like the the like generally speaking something's going on here like and it's it's coming through food um i love that which if i feel like if zombies were a thing um, this would be the most realistic right because i like it, the fact they tell you very early on mm -hmm. what has caused the zombie right. infection it's a and fungal infection due to global warming and it, it yeah and it explains like you know essentially how it spread so fast mm -hmm. because like that of course is it got into the food. Uh, I absolutely love where they ask the the expert, um, like the sort of ground zero uh, team ask <coughs> ask the uh, the expert, you know, what can be done about this. And she was like, "Bomb the city, <clears throat> bomb the city, take me home to be with my family." Uh, very effective, very moving, uh, very well acted. I like that the first episode opens up with old boy that played. Yes, the guy from the Mummy that yeah. played Jonathan. Uh, and I love his explanation. I love how he kind of gets laughed at, mm -hmm. and but he says no, like seriously, like this is a thing that could happen. There's nothing we could do about it. It would be an extinction level event. It is not out of the realm of possibility. Not going to happen right now. Could happen ten or twenty years from now. But like, what could cause it to happen? The planet gets warmer. And for me, it's 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 probably the most effective zombie show ever. One because they explain what happens. Uh, the Walking Dead didn't for the longest time. And the Walking Dead, for those of you who may not, and God knows I do not blame you. The Walking Dead, for those of you who have not kept up with all of the different spinoffs and media or whatever, it is starting finally. To unravel the mystery of what might have happened. Damn near 12 years later. But they're doing it in a sort of cynical way where you really do have to watch all the various spinoffs in order to obtain it. And I think most people are just going to skip out on that and wait until it's all revealed years from now and read about it on Wikipedia. Honestly, I'm um, looking forward to the Negan and Maggie thing. The only thing I'm really probably actually going to watch is the Rick Rhymes and Michonne series. I'm going to watch them all. Um, but I'm going to watch them all, but I desperately hope that Rick and Michonne, Negan and Maggie, and Daryl are all each one season. Mm -hmm. I hope that every spinoff is one season. I don't have another, like, fucking 12 years in me to stick with yes. this franchise. I hope, I hope Especially not if there's multiple right. se multiple series. Right. But no, um, going back to The Last of Us, and I like the fact that this, this fungus, even though it's not exactly like this in the real world, there is a real-world equivalent to it 
because there's that fungus that infects ants and basically takes over them and just uses the ants as a host to like just spread the fungus like throughout the jungle and i find that to be very interesting because it's like okay so what if you take this very small fungus that can only really affect ants and you scale it up and then how does that affect people and you get these like very different and very creepy like zombies because you get like they're not just regular decomposed zombies they're kind of still alive human beings that have just been taken over by like this creepy fungus and the fungus starts to like spread throughout the body so you'll have like different mushrooms like it creates a, its own body. ecosystem yeah out of the human and it, body. it affects people differently right so you've got like just your normal ones and then you've got like the clickers and then you've got the ones we saw last week well not last week but in episode five or whatever with like the super buff zombie mm-hmm. i'm just like oh true story in that moment i realized in that episode if i was there i'd have died i'd have yeah. died so quickly because the these motherfuckers run like they're NFL players. Yeah. I, I'm i not outrunning them. That was an effective sequence, and it was really creepy. And a um, lot of them are fucking bulletproof. Well, not bulletproof, but, like, you have to shoot them multiple times because they've hardened on their face, so you can't get a clean headshot on them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, the zombies are the zombies are cool. Um, I like that they're unique. They definitely stand over against the zombie, the traditional zombie idea. Um... I thought the opening episode was effective. What do we think about the casting and the characterization of these characters that we've um, seen so far through six episodes? I mean... You played... Okay, so you played the game, whereas I didn't. Right. So one of the big controversies I've seen online from game gaming fanboys is that uh, the casting was all wrong. Uh, what can you, as someone who did play the game, tell me as someone who loves the casting... Mm-hmm. Uh, what can you tell me about the characters in the game that might be a little different? Um, granted, you like the show a lot. Yeah. Uh, what 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 could you educate me about that I don't know? I would argue that the only thing that matters as far as the casting is the characterization of those characters, and they are literally just the characters from the games played by real life people. Like, let let let's be honest for a second. Pedro Pascal has never been miscast in anything I agree. that I've seen him in. Whether it was Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones, which is the first time I ever saw him, or uh, Din Djarin in The Mandalorian, or now this. And was he in... There's probably something else he was in that I don't remember. He was in The Kingsman 2. He was in The Kingsman 2. But he was Maxwell Lord in Wonder Woman 84. What's that? Yeah. I don't know what that is. Um... No, I've never heard of that. Uh, but no, as far as TV goes, TV, um, everything he's been in, he has been perfect. I agree. Uh, what is it, Bella Ramsey? Bella Ramsey of also Lady, Game of Lady, Thrones Lady, Lady Mormont. Yeah. Uh, she's Ellie. Which is funny because Ellie is just Lady fucking Mormont. It's, it's the same character, but very different. Um... Pedro Pascal plays Joel as a man who has seen and done terrible things, who is burdened with an immense level of grief and loss that he's never going to overcome. Or so he thinks, because 
spoiler alert, he loses his daughter in 2003 when the zombie outbreak takes over. And he kind of just shuts himself off from the rest of the world until he meets Ellie, who, and I think we've all seen this through the course of these six episodes, he's opened up more. He's learning to love again. And he's he's scared of the fact that he cares about Ellie so much Mm -hmm. because he's, and he tells his brother Tommy this in the last episode. He's like, if I stay with her, I can't protect her because I'm not the same man I was five years ago. I'm going deaf. uh, I'm slower. I can't move as quickly. Like I'm just not the guy that's going to protect her. And I know that if she stays with me, I am going to fail and she is going to die because that's all I've ever done. All I do is fail. And I'm not ashamed to admit, I was I was weeping in the last episode because it was so emotional and so raw. And I was like, I don't understand how you couldn't like this guy as this character because he's doing everything he needs to do to make this good. I think his performance, from someone who, again, has not played the game... The character comes through loud and clear. Mm-hmm. His performance... This is a really good guy who had to do terrible things when the world went to hell after he lost his daughter. Um, he is, like, haunted by the last 20 years and the loss of most of what he's ever known or cared about. As you said, he plays him as someone who is very scared to be vulnerable again around Ellie. Their dynamic... It's like pitch perfect. The two of them play off of each other incredibly well. And you Um, realize that they're both becoming very fond of each other in that episode where she's reading from that atrocious book of puns. Yeah. And he he's not feeling it the first time, but by the end of it, he's just laughing along with her. And you can tell that she is the missing piece of what he's been lacking these 20 something years. And it's, a connection to humanity because he hasn't seen his brother in God knows how long. He's with Tess, but even though he loves her, he's still not, he's not being an active member of whatever um, society they live in. Uh, and unfortunately, the voice actress that played Tess passed away mm. tragically uh, a couple that. of weeks ago. I think she had cancer. Honestly. Um what do we think about uh, Anna Torv? Uh, Fringe returning, returning from Fringe. It's the first thing I've seen her in, in a long time. Uh, I thought I she liked was her. Really she wasn't good. really around that yeah. much to form like a real opinion. But I mean, I liked her. I do know that the actress—I think her name was like Marley or whatever—the one who had Ellie at first. That actress is basic. It's the actress from the video game. They brought her over to do that, which I thought was cool. Um, did you know that Joel's daughter who uh obviously doesn't make Tandy Newton's daughter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And she was so good. She and was I, really good. I wish there had been a way for her to like not die as soon. Maybe <coughs> maybe change cuz I wouldn't have really cared if that had been one of those things cuz as long as Joel's daughter dies, you still get to who he is in 2023. Right. Maybe don't have her die during the initial outbreak. Have her die like a year or two down the road. And then he still becomes the guy that we know in 2023. Just so we could see more of her because she was so good. Um, what about the... Uh, so, the so like the casting, like some of these one-off episodes, like uh, in 
episode three, Nick Offerman and the other guy. We're going to talk about that episode in a minute. But, like, and then in episode four uh, and five, the, or not episode five, the guy and his brother, mm-hmm. those were excellent episodes. Um, and the cat, this, this guest casting has been stellar. Yeah. Um, so let, I think it's a testament to this show that they're not afraid to not have Joel and Ellie be the main focus of the yeah, entire absolutely. episode. Because, it, one, it it gives you time to actually miss those characters and wonder what's going on while you're doing all this other stuff. But also, you get a chance to actually get to know a lot of the side characters. Because I love The Walking Dead, but there are a lot of side characters on that show that are just only there. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really care. And it prepares you, I think, for just the knowledge that there is a a bigger world yeah. out there and that these characters are part of that world but they're not the only points of view that matter mm-hmm. and i think going forward it's possible through the medium of television you may be able to accomplish something that you didn't in the video game you may even end up seeing some of the characters uh, that are not as popular for, because of events in the second game as characters that are more fully realized that you spend some time with before the traumatic things happen. Yeah. I don't know if they'll do that, but they have a, an opportunity to, to make it more complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess let's talk a little bit about uh, the episode, like, not like each episode per se, but like, I'll start. Mm-hmm. My favorite episode so far, uh, I really loved episode six, but my favorite my favorite moments for Joel and Ellie were episode six, mm-hmm. this this latest episode. But I think my favorite episode so far was episode three. Um, I thought episode three was one of the more emotionally impactful post-apocalyptic bottle episodes I've ever seen in anything. Um, a great, el- great episode of television. I thought Nick Offerman was... Fantastic. Um, Me and my boy to get an Oscar. Uh, not an Oscar, um, an Emmy nom. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I thought that the the way they handled the romance between those characters was... It was as well done as I've ever seen that done, mm-hmm. I think, on television. Um, Greatest love story since Hannibal and Will Graham. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was also just a really, uh, it was an impactful episode that, that actually taught us some things about Joel and Ellie without them even being around. Mm -hmm. Um, it, uh, it had great pop culture references. It had, um, it was just, it was one of those things that let you know from Jump Street. It reminded me of like how Lost, like... The first two episodes were really good. It started strong, whatever. You got to episode three or four, you know, and you got the first John Locke episode. Mm-hmm. And that sort of let you know this show is going to be different. Like, I was enjoying it the first few weeks, but now I'm, I'm like, falling in love with it. Like, that's, that's kind of how I felt about that third episode. Uh, so... What are your thoughts on the third episode, and what's your favorite episode so far? Um, I really like the third episode. I think it was it was my favorite episode until episode six. Um, but I love 
Nick Offerman's character. I love the story they told. And I like that even though it's set in this horrible world, it goes to show that like no matter how terrible things may be, like if you open yourself up, you can find love in the most unexpected unexpecting places, which go love in hopeless place. Find love in hopeless place. Oh, I went a little meatloaf with that one. <laughs> but no, the whole like theme of if you open yourself up, you can find love when you least expect it is the central theme of this show. And it's what Joel himself is learning. Absolutely. And I think that lesson comes full circle in episode six, mm-hmm. which is why episode six is my favorite episode. Yeah. Because it's Joel finally learning a lesson that he didn't even know he needed and accepting Ellie for who she is and what she means to him, which is why you have that wonderful scene after he's like, where he's in the barn and his he's like, I woke up early to steal one of these horses and his brother was like, I would have just given you one. He was like, I know, but you know, then I started thinking and he looks at Ellie and he's like, I still think you'd be safer with Tommy, but you deserve a choice. And she just throws her bag at him and she's like, let's fucking go. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you see them after they ride out, it's him teaching her how to use the rifle. And you can just tell that they both accepted what they mean to the other person. And they both realize that they need this person. And I think, like, for me, that's one of the most wonderful parts of it. And then they rip my heart out and he gets stabbed in the abdomen by the end so, of the episode. So I was curious about that. Okay, so... Because um, I think... So, real quick, before we go on. I think opening yourself up and learning to love and accept love is a very important and central theme of the show. And just something like that's important in real life. But it also goes to show how they're both like... It goes back to when they're both like... Well, when Joel is like, I'm going to fail her because I'm not the man that I used to be and I'm not the man that she needs me to be. And it goes to her being like, everybody I love has either died or left me. Everyone (laughs) goes away in the end. (laughs) But the moment you open yourself up to love, you have to accept the fact that there is a very good possibility, especially when you're living in a world that's this dangerous, that you could lose that person. And you have to prepare yourself for that. And so when Joel gets stabbed at the end of the episode, it's his realization of, I knew I wasn't the man for this job. But it's also Ellie being like, oh God, it's happening again. Which is why I like the fact that next week's episode is going to be a flashback to her losing her friend that she had mentioned like, in like a couple of episodes before that. But you know, that's so that's to me why I love episode six so much, because it's this melding of all the lessons you need to learn, but also having to accept the fact that while everyone needs love and they need people to love and they need people to love and to that love them there is a level of vulnerability that comes with that that sometimes you're not prepared for, if that makes any sense. Yes. Um, You know, something I learned when my father died in real life, something I learned is that grief 
is really just displaced love. Yes. Like you, you, you know, it's like you have all this love and affection and these memories and these bonds and connections and yeah. there's nothing, you can't do anything with it. Yeah. So you sit there with it. It's and the it same. Overwhelms you. Yeah, it's the same way I felt after my grandfather died, which I think was like what two years after your dad did. Yeah, it was very close. He, was similar time. He died in twenty nineteen. I want to say it was about a year later. Yeah, and it going back to the previous episode talking about the Marvel stuff. There's this wonderful line that Vision has in WandaVision that goes back to what you were saying, where he's like. What is grief if not love persisting? Right. Like, that's that's all grief really is. Because if you didn't love the person and they die, you don't feel any type of way whatsoever. But it's... And the more you grieve and the more painful the grief is, as depressing as this might sound, that just... It's a representation of how much you love that person. And so when Ellie is on her knees, like beating on Joel's chest like she's Jack Shepard trying to do CPR and she's like I can't do this without you please it just like goes to show how much she truly does love Joel and I'm very excited to see where this story goes even though I know where this story goes but you know they might change some shit I agree. And speaking of love, this son of a bitch is in the recording studio kissing his wife, and I'm like, "You sick bastards!" It's disgusting. Okay, so well, it's gross. Going back to speaking things I love. Hello, Elvis. Hello, Oscar. Um, his so, cat has also stolen his seat. Now. Hey. Hey. Um, so the. Going back to this this idea of what you're talking about in like episode three and six, um, as someone who has not played the games, mm-hmm. I know that episode three is a very very different version of the, yeah. those events uh, from what transpired in the game. Well, I want to say Nick Offerman's character is still alive, right? When yes, Joel and. and and um, the the other the other person did die, yeah. um, and I believe he hung hung himself or something along those lines. I read it. I, I looked it up. Uh, but man, it's been ten years. I don't remember. I understand it was more of a that that whole bit with Bill Town or whatever you you want to call that was an action sequence primarily in the video game. And I understand mm-hmm. there's a little bit of that in the show, but it, it they changed that a lot. Um, Episode six. How much of what we saw, particularly there towards the end, uh, how much of that is in the video game? Like, did you know he was going to get stabbed by some raiders there? Or is that a show twist? I don't remember. I do know, I remember that the conversation he and Ellie have in her room does take place in the game. And I want to say, for the most part, it's pretty much exactly how it is in the game. I think they changed, like, a few things, but... It's been ten years, so I couldn't. Did he tell. find his brother around the same time? I think that so, way. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I. I was really, very moved by that episode, and the end was just like, oh, what the, you know what I mean? Like it was, because mm-hmm. that's. 
you know, fortunately, one would imagine that what's going to happen is she's going to be able to get him back to uh, the town where his brother's at. Or maybe when they don't come back, maybe when he doesn't come back, his brother comes looking for them and finds him or something and gets them back to the town. Uh, you would think... But I don't think that's going to happen because they do they do make it a point to tell you that they are five days away from that, is that tr- town. That is true. And with that wound, especially since he pulled the knife out... There's no believable way with the amount of blood he's going to lose and where they are for him to get back. So I think what's going to happen is they're probably just going to... Somebody's going to find them. It might actually be the return of a... Not Tess. Uh, the, the the Marlena chick who had Ellie. like Because I know she pops back up at some point. Or they find some fireflies or something like that. Tommy might go try to find them. Well, no, because there's no reason for Tommy to even go look for them because even though he told Joel that, like, there was a home waiting for him back there and Joel was like, I'll be back, there's no... Tommy doesn't know how long it's going to... Like, he knows how long it'll take to get there. He doesn't know, like, if Joel is going to want to stay with her for a bit, though. Because I think Tommy realizes just how much... Joel loves Ellie also, so he's like, I mean, it's the daughter that he lost. He's probably going to want to spend some time with her. Okay, so as a show-only person, mm-hmm. um, I also ask this. Okay, so, from my understanding, show-only, and I've only watched each episode once. Mm-hmm. My understandings, generally speaking, of Fedra and the Fireflies are as follows. Fedra was the... Um, the government, like, the government entity that was supposed to maintain law and order and peace in the immediate days after the collapse. Mm-hmm. And then, because it's the government, there was a lot of, like, shady stuff and overreach and killing people and things like that. Yeah. The Fireflies is a large network of people that rebelled against Fedra. Is Fedra that, of the Galactic Empire, the Fireflies. So, the so that's basically my understanding is correct. Yeah, because uh, the show has definitely mentioned both groups, has definitely talked about both groups, but both groups are shady. Though. I did well. Yes, I That's the next point I was going to make is that I get the understand the thought the thought that it's a little more complicated than just saying all Fedra is totally evil and the mm. Fireflies are good guys. The Fireflies are probably shady too. Maybe not every single person who worked for Fedra was shady. Uh, it could be interplay there. Yeah. Um, well, it's like not everybody that worked for the Galactic Empire is a bad guy. Right. So, yeah. A lot of paper pushers that died. A uh, lot of contractors on that second Death Star that they blew up. Yeah. Fucking terrorists. Um, God, I still need to watch Andor. Have you not? No. Oh, it's so good. It's that. That's it's that's so nice. good. I'm out of school this week. I that's, think the that's, uh, the first three episodes. Eh. Episode four onward. Oh my god, it's it's peak Star Wars, and it's it's crazy because there's not a Jedi in sight, and there's no Vader. It's it's literally just a just a political spy thriller, but, but it's the have... best thing Star Wars has done in a long time. 
do I still prefer the Obi-Wan Kenobi show? Yes, but that's because I like oh, it, it's it's Ewan McGregor it's and some, Hayden Christensen. It's Obi-Wan and Anakin. It's it that's the cream. Also, right Hayden coming back for Ahsoka, so that's that's why I care. But Andor, as far as like something that does it's not the same stuff we've always seen, it's so good. You've got Mon Mothma doing her Mon Mothma shit. Uh it's the early days of the rebellion, so she's like stressing the fuck. It's so good. It's watch it. Got Watch Diego it. Luna and the great Andy Circus. Is it? Yeah, it's Diego. Yes, yeah. I was like, uh, no, it's Gabriel, but no, Gabriel is the one in this one. And also, Andy Circus is in it. Yes, and he—he's a very interesting character. There's a whole three episodes, two or three episodes that takes place like inside of a prison that ends with a prison break. It's so good. Oh God, it's so good. Well, uh, do you have anything else about The Last of Us? Watch it. Definitely watch it. Definitely watch. Uh, it's got three more episodes. you got time to catch up. Uh, we'll probably... We'll definitely address the last three episodes on yeah. the podcast. This will come out... This episode will come out the day of episode seven, but before that the so. morning of episode yeah. seven's release so if you're if you're sitting at home listening to the podcast you got nothing else to do go ahead and bench those six hours and uh, catch up with us um i enjoyed it 50 episodes this is a good discussion it's a good episode this is not one of the ones i look back on and in <laughs> cringe at unless it didn't record anything we said i'd burn this place to so would i <laughs> i would burn it to oh, the man. ground all right, well, uh, you guys know how you can contact us. Uh, send feedback to lnjpod at gmail.com. It's the 50th time we've said that. Uh, consider uh, becoming a supporter, joining our other supporters. 51st, because um, we had an episode zero. Yes. So technically this is um, episode 51. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, yeah, so like, comment, share, subscribe, word of mouth. Tell all your friends and family we're on... Uh, Apple Music, or Spotify, I think we're on everywhere. Probably. So, uh, uh, yeah, just shout us out wherever you can. Thanks for all the support again. Here's to 50 more. We're halfway to 100, so you know what that means. Because we're halfway we gone, and we're on our way, and we're feeling, feeling, feeling this way. A little life house for anybody out there that... Still listens to Lifehouse. I was thinking, like, um, <laughs> we're halfway there. Oh, on a prayer. <laughs> Good night, everyone. See ya. <laughs>